Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Susan DeCenzi. In today's episode, I realized in listening back to this that this episode was actually recorded over a year ago. And due to the fact that I got ill and production schedules and things like that, this episode isn't going out until now. And the episode itself is called Laws of Nature and Onion Layers with Michelle Nedelec. And it's really, really a fun, bold, direct conversation between an amazing woman who has taken the mindset and the understanding of the mind and brought it into business in a way that helps those that are in the entrepreneurial space really up-level their entire business and revenue and their future. The reason, though, that I wanted to bring Michelle on is because she has so many insights and so many beautiful uh, things to say about mindset and how it affected her and her her journey, as well as tying it together with all of us on how we can fully live in a more fully expressed kind of way, whether we're in business or not, because the mindset pieces and the understanding of energy in your internal holodeck is just a blow away. Resistance, uh, awareness, stepping into deeper understanding. So as you listen today, I invite you to stay open that whether you're an entrepreneur or not, or a business owner, you have a business or even thinking about it, there are so many gems in this interview today that you can take and apply to all areas of your life. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be back here with you again and just incredibly excited like, you guys know how fucking excited I am about everything all the time. But super excited because I have somebody amazing in the house. She's the bomb because not only is she a best-selling author, but she's also an expert in entrepreneurialism, which is, I've really never had anybody say they were an expert in entrepreneurialism like that before. So first, before I get into more about who she is and her background, I want to welcome Michelle Nedelak, did I say that right? Yeah, say it fast and you'll say it right. <laughs> Nedelak. See, I want to say Nedelak. Oh, it is. Yep. See, I want to say yep. knee. So, Michelle Nedelak, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, love. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Absolutely. All right. So, let me dive in a little bit and tell you a little bit about Michelle's background because I want to set the stage. You know, you guys know that this show is about becoming fully expressed. And sometimes that includes the parts of our lives that are, you know, fucking with us day to day. Sometimes that's in relationship to our relationships. And sometimes it's regarding our businesses. And so you know that I will have a mix of guests on who are specialists and experts in the realms of business or life or relationships. And Michelle happens to be one of those experts who, as I said, is an expert in entrepreneurialism. But she's also the founder of Awareness Strategies. And you all know how much I tout awareness is the key. So I really love that. As well as being an international best-selling author. And she has run 
Like, this is crazy impressive. Her own series of companies for over 22 years. Like, that just kind of blows my mind because it's series of companies. So it tells me she has, you know, some success there, right? As well as for the last 15 years, she's been really helping managers and executives to continually double their profits and revenues. Judging, like, who doesn't want some of that bank, right? Now, not only does she have what it takes to help her clients build million dollar businesses, just like awesome, but she does it time and time again. So she has these proven systems and strategies and tools that she really takes the entrepreneur who's stuck and moves them to that next level. Now, she particularly loves to talk about marketing automation systems, integration, and support, both on and off the stage. And I'm sorry, I love you, girl, but I got to go to that because that's the kind of shit that I don't like and makes my head explode and me want to pull my hair out. And that's why we need people like you to go to that love it, right? Because I sure don't. Now, she teaches key components of business in her strategy and her systems and support but the, one of the reasons I really wanted to bring her on this show was because she talks about the state of the mind in relation to these business pieces. And I want you to carefully listen that even if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're not a business owner, there are always relevant things that are going to translate across business to our personal lives and maybe business to our relationships. So please don't come into this episode thinking, oh, Michelle is this, you know, kind of business person, so I don't really need to listen to this episode. Oh, hell to the no. Do you think I'm ever going to bring anybody on that we're not going to have some fucking kick-ass conversation? Hell to the no. All right, so let's kind of dive in because, you know, for the last six years, she's really been helping entrepreneurs take their business online and kind of take it from that conceptualization to the done-for-you automation place. And I think that right now with what we're dealing with globally with COVID, this is even more critical that we really learn how to pivot if we are an entrepreneur or a business owner to the online world, if you haven't already been there. And if you're not an entrepreneur or business owner, There are so many things you can do to help make impact in your own life just by being you that requires online knowledge. So I've blabbed enough. I'm done. Here we go. Michelle, again, impressive. I'd love to kind of go back to a more beginning place with you and ask you if this was always something you were kind of interested in or was there a point in your life earlier on somewhere along the way that made you say, uh, this is kind of the direction I need to be going in. Great question. I did laugh with my sisters one point in time and saying, well, isn't it kind of funny that we all kind of went into a mental health industry or <laughs> some sort of self-help? It's like, yeah, because we needed it. It's like, no better way to solve your problems. Just go ahead first into it and start studying. It's like, what the hell is wrong with me? Right, right. Okay. Isn't that phrase, we uh, teach what we most need to learn? I personally <laughs> don't believe that. I believe we teach what we most need to experience, but it's the same principle. So yeah, it's kind of like, I've got that mental stuff going on and then that it attracts me but so was that really the case for you so i grew up in a what we call a hobby farm outside of town and we were fairly isolated in that 
we had an hour-long bus ride into school and an hour-long bus ride out. We went to private boarding school five hours away from anything. So a lot of our issues were kind of isolation issues and not being able, some of us not being able to talk in public to people. That was never my issue. <laughs> being alone and uh, not feeling sported, things like that, whereas where I kind of fell. And and what I found was it had a huge impact on my relationships and my business. So when I left my son's dad, I went knee deep into whatever this is in my head, get it out and get it out now. <laughs> I don't want yeah. this in my head anymore. Right. I totally get it. You know, I blame the last five guys I was with, but guess what they all had in common? Hmm. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so, clearly I was the source of some shit going on and I just wanted it out. So yeah. that's that was my first foray into the whole world of personal development and, and figuring out kind of what's going on inside my head. Because I always thought that that kind of the curtain between the conscious and the subconscious mind was more like the iron wall. It was like yes. narrow shell, the information come in between. Right. Thank God I figured it out because, geez, it's like so much easier now to just go, hey, how do I feel about this? Oh, that way. Oh, okay. La la, yeah. off we go. So yeah, huge amounts of introspection. In about 2003, we started a company, we, my partner, Brad and I, in the personal development realm because we saw Bob Proctor speak and we went, oh my God, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to know this. This is sure. the laws of nature that govern success. And if you live in accordance with the laws, success becomes inevitable. And it's like, I can get behind that. I I had previously to that saw and heard like, be a nice person and nice things will happen to you. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> right. Bullshit. It's that proverbial, you know, know. Susie, <laughs> Susie fucking sunshine, you know, yeah. like be just happy, be positive. Happy things will happen to you. Yes. Like, no, you're going to get your ass kicked. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to fucking reality. It's no. not going down. So bullshit. Yeah. But when, when I heard there are laws and they govern laws, it's like, okay, so tell me more. I mean, just because I don't understand gravity doesn't mean I can't, you know, I can't figure it out at some point in time. But if I want to build a bridge that's solid that people can drive on, I have to understand the laws of gravity. Yeah. Right? It's just kind of the way it goes or right. the laws as we understand them at best today, if, if not that. So when I was going through and studying this stuff, I went, this is freaking awesome. By the time I was done studying his material, I went, we need to start a company. We need to start teaching people this stuff. And this was back when it wasn't common knowledge and it wasn't on Oprah and it wasn't on, you know, all sorts of things. But it was uh, definitely a turning point for us and our relationships and our business and everything. I went, this is freaking awesome. People need to know how they create and manifest their lives in their entirety. And it's not to blame yourself for all the shit that's going wrong. It's to give you credit for all the things that you're creating and building. And once you figure out how to do it intentionally, it just becomes that much easier to be able to build and grow and, and have fantastic, awesome stuff happen. Oh my God, that is so true because, you know, like one of the things that I loved about The Secret, right? And, you know, the idea of, well, not the idea, but the awareness of the law of attraction with The Secret was that it opened up a door for so many people to begin thinking from a different place and maybe a willingness and an openness to have a different perspective and be curious, right? Mm -hmm. And to recognize that our thoughts have incredible power and their energy, like why the hell would we think we know this from science that, you know, why would we think thoughts aren't energy? Just like an audio waveform, right? Or a light ray, all energy. And, you know, the idea that energy doesn't 
you know, ever die. It just changes form. Why would we think that thoughts aren't? So I love that you guys had this, you and Brad had this idea, this insight way long before it became kind of the norm and not even the norm, but more well-known by like things like The Secret and, you know, Hicks and Esther and and, and Hicks and Esther's were Esther Hicks, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Abraham and Esther Hicks's work. Hello, yep. Brain Fog. Welcome to my world today. You know, as things have continued to expand and grow. Now, did you find that, like, I guess I'm just super curious that you started in this direction. How the hell did you get into more of the really kind of grit and stuff behind business and the online world and marketing? Like, what did that... Where the know, hell did that come in? <laughs> like, where well, was that progression? Yeah. And, and how did your initial work feed that and continue to help grow that? Great question. Well, I was always very analytical, which is why we liked Bob's information was because it was analytical. It was like, we always knew that thoughts were energy. I mean, you could put an ECG up and get somebody and you can measure brainwaves and all that kind of fun stuff. Obviously, your thoughts are energy because the machines wouldn't be able to pick it up if it wasn't. Right. The only question was, are we receptive to that information from other people? Mm -hmm. And that's where the fun stuff comes in. So a lot of people, I'm just going to throw this one in because it was a big issue was, People would go, oh, the law of attraction doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you try walking off that cliff and see if gravity doesn't work for you. <laughs> right? The issue is that we have resistance within us. So the yeah. way it works is kind of like a light bulb. You can have a light bulb and you can have the exact same energy coursing through it that you have cursing through every single appliance in your house. But if a light bulb has high resistance, you're not going to get that much light coming out of the light bulb. So same energy is traveling to and through it but it's not as bright as a bigger light bulb, if you will, with less resistance. I love that analogy because I've never heard anybody use that like that. That is such a beautiful, succinct, and concise way to really give you the, the sense and the knowingness and the description of resistance as an mm -hmm. overall concept. And if I interrupted you, I apologize. Not at all. I'm, I'm hey, totally go good ahead, at that. Though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, moments. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So go ahead. I love that though. I wanted to point that out. So. Yeah. So that's what we were teaching. And a lot of people, the students that would come to us, it was usually the entrepreneurs that would come and say, okay, I need to know how to get rid of this crap in my head because it's costing me money and I know it's costing me money. Mm, so mm -hmm. they would pay to get rid of the resistance. Whereas somebody that's just kind of bitchy grouchy and hates their life is like, whatever, put up with my shit. I don't care. Right. Eh, okay, fine. You go, you go your way. I'll go mine. So we started to get a lot more salespeople, a lot more executives, business owners. And because I had experience in the sales realm and teaching people, it just was kind of a natural fit. And I found that I really loved working with the entrepreneurs because they were so, oh, I get it. Okay, apply it. Oh, okay, I get it. Apply it. Yeah. And, and by being able to do that, they can increase their income substantially in a short period of time. Like I can take somebody from 300000 a year and double that to six hundred grand next year just by letting go of a lot of their resistance. We can go from 500000 to a million. It's pretty easy in a couple of years or a year in some cases because when you get rid of that resistance, you start doing the things you know you need to do and it just doesn't bug you anymore. It's like, right. you know, you need to call people, you know, you need to get back to them, you know, you need to not fire your whatever. Yeah. But when there's resistance there and you don't want to do it, you're making bad decision after bad decision and it prolongs that 
money relationship of building your business. Yeah. It's not rocket science. No, it's not rocket science, but it is surprising how many people think it's so hard. You know, one of the things I've always shared with whomever came to me, whether they were a CEO or an entrepreneur or a you know, stay-at-home mom or dad or whatever, is, you know, we are really actually very simple creatures, but we've made things so complicated that it now feels and seems like it's this quote-unquote complicated, you know, or complex process to really get back to the simplicity. But it isn't rocket science. It is that easy. Did you find that you were having like newer entrepreneurs or even people that had been wanting to kind of, you know, maybe they had a side gig or they wanted to do their own thing, but their resistance or fear was stopping them. Were they coming to you too? Oh yeah. For, for a while there was kind of like, well, one of the mainstreams that I had for business was I would go in franchises and people would say, okay, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And I said, you go on stage and when you get your awards, you thank me. And of course, they go on the stage and they thank Michelle and they're like, who's Michelle? There's <laughs> <laughs> Canadian. You got to go meet. Awesome. Right? I have no clue what she does, but it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so right. That's how I got a lot of my referrals. And then sometimes it was like, hey, will you work with my wife? Will you work with my kids? Will you work with? Uh, um, absolutely. Of course I will. And it's, it's just a matter of when somebody gets to the point where they're like being sick and tired of where they're at, yeah. then we can change it. So to me, everything is so mathematical, clinical, if you will. My, my philosophy is that we can't create anything out of anything that doesn't already exist. So for us to create a computer with the computer programming that has, and by the way, I was a computer programmer. I had my object-oriented software development certification, did programming for a while, realized I wasn't really that kind of a personality. I'd rather be on stage, but, <laughs> but I could still do it, and I understood it. So then when I went into the mind and how it works, I was like, it has to work on the same premise as a computer because we can't create a computer out of something that doesn't already exist. Therefore, we're modeling it after our own mind, which means that we have these algorithms running off in our brains, most of which are if-then statements. If this happens, I react that way. Yes. Super simple. Yes. So all of these are created as we're discovering new things, the majority of which happened before the age of, let's call it seven. Yeah. Right. We get to the age of reasoning. It's called the age of reasoning for a reason because at that point we have enough information that we can start to reason things. Before that, we're just sucking stuff up and we're making assumptions, decisions, biases. As long as I do what mom and dad did, I will live to the ripe old age of mom and dad. Awesome. Yep. That is primary objective number one. So we're just creating all the same beliefs that everybody around us has so that we can function in the world and get to the same place that they got. Now, what most people don't realize by the age of nine, you don't have to do that anymore, <laughs> but we don't. We wait until we're teenagers and we get rebellious and then we start going, mm, yeah, I don't like the way mom and dad thought anymore. I'm going to go do the exact opposite, which in a dysfunctional family pisses off mom and dad and you don't get to do those things. In a very functional family, it's like, hey, absolutely, go try on that black leather jacket, go to Europe, get your ears pierced, do whatever you got to do. I don't care. Just go and experience life. And the more that's open to them, usually the less they do it because they're like, nah, it doesn't really sound like a good idea. You're like, you're right, it's not. <laughs> so what do you really want to do? Oh, I want to go study in France. Okay, well, then let's go sign you up and, you know, you get to go and see France and you're not being so rebellious, dysfunctional about it, but you still get to figure out who you are and where you belong in the world. Right. So awesomeness on those scales. So when we look at the dysfunction of what's going on in our life, I don't want to talk to that CEO because I'm intimidated by him and because he's a CEO and what am I? I'm just a salesperson. 
It's like, okay, well, where did that shit come from? Obviously. So you have an if-then statement. If I'm approaching somebody that is perceived as being in a higher position of authority than I am, then I should leave them alone because they're busy. I don't have, they don't have time for me. I don't have adequate information to make their day. All of that shit is just if-then statements. Yep. So we go back, get rid of those if-then statements, rewrite them. I have something that is awesome, amazing. It's going to make his day easier. He's going to make more money doing it. Of course, he wants to listen to me and say, hey, I got this awesome thing. Do you want to hear about it? If not, I'm totally cool with it. What kind of awesome thing? Well, let me tell you about it. <laughs> right. It becomes easier, right? Because now we're intriguing and we're fun and we're not holding on to a bunch of stupid shit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And, you know, I have always taught from the analogy of a computer. Your brain is the hard drive and the motherboard and the operating system, just like your computer. The mind is the dead entry operator. All the programs, the if-then statements that come into play, right? Because I would hear this all the time. Well, when I, when I lose all this weight, then I will be super confident. And I would watch them over time lose all the weight and they're super confident. And now maybe they have a boyfriend and a job and friends. And that's awesome. The problem is, is that that sub-program is still running. The downloaded, instilled program that says I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy is still running. And so the very first time someone's mean to them, because the mind will look for evidence to prove itself right 100% of the time, and someone's mean, they don't have the weight to blame anymore. So now it just pulls up that program that says, see, you really are a shitty person. You're not worthy. And it's the simple things like the if-then and the when if and the when then, all of these hope for gain, fear of loss pieces that are in play, right? That cause all the shit. And mm -hmm. it's so simple to kind of go back to that place where the initial root experience happened that downloaded and created that program. And I've not really heard other people refer to those kinds of things from the computer place before. So I love that you are because one, it gives me feedback that I'm not just pulling shit out of thin air, right? You know, that I'm mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know, this shit just came to me 20 years ago or XYZ time ago in some session. And, you know, hey, if it works, it works. And that's the beauty of what we're doing is you're coming at it from this direction that I would never come from. Like I would never, I'm not a systems person. I'm not a strategy person in that way. I'm not the business, the marketing. Like I, I'm, I'm learning to love it, right? I don't love it yet. I'm learning to love it. <laughs> nice. I come from the emotional side, right? I come from the quote unquote spiritual side, whatever that means to each person. So we can be our own badasses, right? Mm-hmm. And so I love that because like, I didn't know you had been a computer pro, see another something I didn't know about you. That shit just blows my mind. Like, because you all, you all can't see Michelle, you'll see her picture when, you know, this episode airs, but like, she's just this badass, down to earth, cool chick, like authentic, real, smart as hell, beautiful, kind, you know, no holds barred, but she's not going to like and this is my take on you from knowing you just a short amount of time, that you're not going to be like in somebody's face totally. You'll hold a, a, a compassionate, kind space for them, but you're not going to let them like, you know, give a whole bunch of excuses and shit and try to get out of their shit if they're coming to you for help, right? Mm. Is that a Absolutely. fair, a fair assessment of you? I, I have a lot of clients going like, oh, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to. I'm like, 
seriously, why would you want to hold on to this shit? You like right. it? Exactly. And they're like, no. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I love that. that okay. Was- <laughs> so as you were teaching people all this, you and Brad, and, and mm-hmm. your company is growing, like, is this still a fundamental part of, are, first of all, are you and Brad still partners in your business or? We're even more so now. So we did a little bit of a pivot. Um, I think it was about 2015 or so, maybe before that. People just didn't want to do live courses anymore, which seems really weird now. Um, yeah. But they went, oh, I, I just want to do it online. So we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just do it online. And Brad was more my AV guy that would show up, but he had contracts. He His background is all in uh, electrical engineering and computer background. So he worked with big oil and gas companies. Anytime they hadn't done something that needed to be done as far as kind of the software goes, they would bring him in to go, okay, nobody's ever done this before. This is what we need to do. We need to know scope of work. Uh, resources, time, blah, blah, blah. He'd go in, set it up, do a proposal and come in on time on budget and and do the thing, make magic out of nothing in the world of computers and software. So he was more doing that and he would help me on the side. Mm-hmm. And then when that pivot came on it and we went online, digitized our courses and, and put all this together, I started noticing the peers in the industry we're having a super hard time with the IT part of it. And I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I don't know how anybody goes online without having a Brad in their pocket because I can't tell you how often I'm like, Brad, Brad. Oh, I can imagine. Oh my God. <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> and, and I get Tourette's when I sit in front of a computer. It's just another reason why I wasn't a good programmer. But I mean, I knew I programmed. I just, nobody wanted to sit next to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's that Michelle going again. Look at that. He's like throwing the keyboards and shit. Exactly. So we pivoted into more of a digital marketing agency because I am that the systems, the strategy, what is your marketing strategy? How are you getting your leads out there? Mm -hmm. Like I can take patterns and put them together in ways that other people just can't see. So they're like, I want to be a truck driver, but I want to do it online digitally. How does that work? Oh, well, come on in. Let's go chat and we'll figure out a way to make it happen. They're like, oh, okay. And but in an hour, we've got a nice little program for them and they're happy as can be and we have an audience and off we go. Now we just need to get the digital component done. So then we did the done for you. Brad does it. He's a happy camper. And it just kind of clicked and worked. And we can work with small solopreneurs that are wanting to get online and don't want to waste their time doing the tech stuff. Yeah. And the huge multinational conglomerates that are at the point where they've they've got to reorganize their IT systems in order to become more functional, more online, all that kind of fun stuff. So we really have a nice fat range of <laughs> little solopreneurs do yeah. ginormous and everywhere in between and that balance. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor True Visionaries Incorporated, an organization dedicated to helping you become a true visionary of your own life. If you're dealing with any kind of stress day-to-day or stress related to the pandemic, then go to www.susandesenzi.com forward slash stress toolkit to download your free stress toolkit guide. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. So did you still kind of utilize the mindset stuff and the personal development pieces though? Because that was critical. I mean, it's critical no matter, again, what we do 
if we have resistance, if we're stuck in these old programs, they're running consciously or subconsciously, and we're aware or not even, regardless, especially if we're not aware, it's driving the bus, man. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's running everything. And so I could sit there and, okay, Michelle, I'll do exactly what you tell me, but, and then I go, but, and I go, oh, it's not working, or uh, la, 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 la. And it's because somewhere along the way, there's been those resistance pieces or those if-then statements or the, those parts. So did you find that you still needed to include those pieces, but just kind of bring it in more from a back door because they were coming you for kind of a different reason now to get online? Well, two parts. So some people I can work with on the back end and they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people prefer to compartmentalize who I am and what I do. So I just refer it out and I'm totally cool with that because oh. there are people like you that are awesome and amazing oh. at that whole mindset and changing them. It's like, okay, so go. And then they get separated. It's like, okay, my personal life and my problems are with Susan and my business and all that kind of fun jazz is with Michelle and, and they're okay with it. Yeah. Um, if I start off coaching somebody and then we can get into the marketing and stuff, they tend to, that's a little easier for people to be able to wrap their heads around. But even then, sometimes it's like, oh, no, you can't do the IT stuff because you're in my head. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I know. And people Whatever. like hate to think that other people are in their head. Do you know I get all the time, like when I first became a therapist, even 24 years later, I still get, are you going to fucking analyze me? What, <laughs> do I have to lay on the couch and tell you like my whole life story and blame everything on mom and dad? No. Yes. No, my own husband asked me 20 yes, yes, years ago, you're not going to analyze me, are you? Oh, I already have. He says, disturbed. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my answer. <laughs> Little did he know, right? <laughs> the truth is, though, I don't analyze. I'm, I'm just fucking good at being able to read people and know things and see things in ways that other people don't and can't, just like you can with that big picture and all the marketing pieces and the strategy, like that just like, I admire people like you, man. Cause that, that stuff goes over my head, but you give it's me people. super simple. All you're doing is having conversations with people. I all know, you're doing. but it's the technical stuff and it's not even the technology technical stuff. It's the technical stuff of, you know, like pick the niche, pick the language, pick the this. And it's like, well, what if you don't want to, I know you kind of have to, but I mean, why can't you just be authentically you and allow it to unfold a little bit more organically as time goes on? Because people don't think organically right now. So the reason that that people are so hung up on niches and niches right now is because we're so used to shopping online. So when somebody's looking for, say, a green Honda Civic, they see that on Civic, they're like, oh my God, I want that car. They click on that picture and then all of a sudden it brings them to a website that's got a bunch of used cars. They're like, no, now they're just pissed off and they go away. So that's not getting you the sale you want. So they want to have the exact message to them. So can you have multiple niches? Of course you can. So for example, when I ran a success therapy hypnosis clinic, we would do things like weight loss. So we'd have our ads out And then they would click on the ad for, say, weight loss. And then they'd go to a landing page for weight loss. Go, if you want to book your session, go here. Okay, awesome. If they were doing one for uh, libido, it's like, hey, send your wife to success therapy and you're going to get laid more often. Awesome. Poof. They go to the website and it all talks about sexual libido and all that kind of fun stuff. Poof. They book a session. Sessions are exactly the same for everybody. 
but what they're looking for and where they land on those landing pages is totally different. Yeah. The message that you give somebody that's overweight is going to be totally different than you're giving somebody that wants to increase their libido, although uh, sometimes they're overweight. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes, but right. <laughs> they're going there for one reason and not the other. Yeah. Right. Their biggest problem isn't the same. It's one or the other. Either it yeah. really bugs me that I'm overweight and I have no libido because of that, or I have no libido and therefore I'm not having sex, therefore I want to go and eat my face off. They're two very different problems that they're looking to solve from their point of view. And all that right. matters is your client's point of view. And all that matters is the ad that they're clicking on goes to a landing page that has the exact same messaging that goes to a conversion that has the exact same messaging that goes to you. And then you do what you got to do in the back end. That's why it's so important. And, and I get that. And I think where I was and have been really stuck until more, a little bit more recently is, is that because I do what I do for the last 24 years as a therapist, I never focused on their problems, right? Because mm -hmm. their problems were like this big funnel. But what they ultimately kind of landed into was a deeper understanding of how to work through that particular problem for themselves. And that was kind of relatively all the same for everybody. So it's kind of like that backdoor stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. they learn a bit more about how they take the world in and how they can start dismantling these pieces, then the problem kind of diminished or totally went away. Disintegrates. Right? And it disintegrates. But that's but the, not why so, they're clicking on your stuff in the first place. I know, months. and I get that because like, and, and I'd say that to people like coaches and stuff through the years, like, look, don't you get that as the word therapist, I inherently had, that was the niche, mm -hmm. right? I have this problem. I don't really know how to deal with it that well. People are like, maybe you should go talk to somebody. Okay, who do I go talk to? A counselor, therapist. Okay, they go find somebody. They come, we build a rapport. They like me, we, they stay, they work through it. Yay, all good. Mm -hmm. They're done, right? Now you're asking me to take and pay attention to all of those. And I never had to pay attention to them before. So it's mm -hmm. like, this, this is a really, like, I'm such a baby in this realm that I'm, I'm learning. And so it's, you know, I love having people like you on the show because, one, it's my show and I get to ask you like questions and <laughs> get shit. Get to do what I want. <laughs> right. You know, and I get, I get a little coaching and get a little teaching, right? You know, mm, but what I really, what I really love and is that, you know, you're not just this system strategy person. What I love is that, you know, even just in your story that you and Brad kind of started in the personal development realm and then it morphed into more of the passionate path for you that has found its groove, Right. And yet all those quote unquote backdoor pieces are still there if you really need to pull them out and help them with that. Or you have the option to refer, like you said, and you're living your truth. You're fully expressing as you, as mm -hmm. the badass, amazing you that you are in a way that serves you. Was it always like that for you? Like when you left the ex and you got that shit out of your head? Has it been like that for you consistently since, or do you still find every now and then there's the head trash that kind of comes into play? Oh, of course. So there, there is a transition. So when I first left him, I did a ton of therapy and stuff. I, I just bombarded myself with this has got to change and this has got to change now. Yeah. Um, so I put myself like straight into the fire. The tendering process was mm -hmm. like, this is happening. Um, and then after a while, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm I'm good. This is working for me. And then we found Bob and then I did a whole bunch more stuff. And then I started my own company and went on stage and had to present and had to be confident about stuff that I was just learning. <laughs> I was like, 
Okay, so I kind of sucked wind at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little more dynamic of a speaker now and a little more confident. But then COVID hit and I turned into a basket case because nobody had any boundaries anymore. It's like I work nine to five. Wow. Monday to Thursday, a couple hours on Friday. I go and shop whenever I want to. Like, this is not my life, people. I travel two to three weeks a month. This is not me. And so all of a sudden, I'm working 16-hour days without leaving the house, <sighs> and I haven't seen the light of day in months. And I'm like, I was losing my shit going, like, I've been in a personal development program ever since we started covid because wow. I would have been a complete basket case without it because it just wasn't my realm. It was like, this is what happens when, um, when people get post-traumatic stress disorder is that they're put into a situation that they have no frame of reference in how to deal with. So yeah. most of our trauma will come from when we're little because there's a ton of shit going on when we're little. Stuff comes flying at us and we're like, I don't know how to deal with this. And we make shit up and we roll with it and... Like little kids can be super upset one day and then happy as a big month the next day, even exactly. though, you know, they got beaten to shit the day before. Yeah. But they have this resilience to be able to compartmentalize, put it together, make sense of it, go with it, block it out, do what they got to do. And then pff, off they go to the races again. Right. As, as of the age of reasoning, we tend to lose that. <laughs> and so if something happens completely and totally out of the ordinary after that age, that's where we tend to freak out and go like, I don't get it. Uh, does not compute, do not how to know how to deal with this, what the hell, and our brains start to hurt and fry, and sometimes we snap and wonder, wicked wonderful shit happens. But in understanding that all it is is something external has happened to us that we don't know how to deal with, we don't have a frame of reference for, and it's at those times that we particularly need somebody to be able to help us through those, and or if it's not possible at that time, you get kidnapped, whatever, then after the kidnapping, you get out, you got to go through a ton of shit again to be able to unravel all the crap, make right. sense of it again, put the Humpty Dumpty back together again, put a little bow on it and go, oh, okay, we're good again. Don't you think, though, it's less about the age of reasoning, maybe, and more about the meanings that we've been taught from those younger experiences to give things that are, you know, still filtering, we're still filtering everything through that, right? So, of course, I've, because I was talking to somebody the other day who said, you know, the whole COVID thing and their fear of this future place is about the unknownness. And I said, wait a minute, you, look, you, you teach unknownness, right? You mm -hmm. have been dealing with the unknown and been comfortable with that for years. What is mm -hmm. different? Do you know the, do you know five minutes from now? She's like, no, well, you never knew five minutes from now. Nobody does. You all you have is this moment of now, but what we do is we take those past experiences. We now bring them into the present, push them into the future. We get all anxiety ridden because it's about the fear of the unknown and the fear of this future place that we may or may not be able to control. And yet you're letting it create more anguish for you and more emotional state, more inability to be resilient. Right. So what happened was she had an external experience, had to go draw back yep. onto childhood experience. How do I deal with this? How I deal with the unknown is I get scared of it. That yeah. was never my issue. I love the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> like, bring it on. Me too. Put me in isolation in a room by myself where nobody is around for a while. You go back to the beginning of this interview. Oh I hated isolation. I hated being alone. I hated being in the middle of nowhere without anybody. So my yeah. go back to was... Oh shit, this is going to suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is most people's, right? Because right. in that moment of external quote unquote trauma, we tend to go back to how we dealt with that thing in the past yeah. 
and and draw on that, which is why we're you know fifty years old making decisions like a five year old, right. and that's when it becomes important because those decisions hadn't been exposed before now because they didn't have to be. Yeah, right. I didn't have to deal with isolation and loneliness because I was never isolated or alone, so that's not going to come up. Right now, all of a sudden, whoops, it comes up. Yeah, and now we have another opportunity to be able to deal with it on a deeper scale than we ever have before. So even though I was dealing with that when I left my ex, when I started the company, when I was doing all this stuff, it's just a deeper level of it. It's like my favorite line in a movie. Uh, you'd never believe this based on who I am, but Shrek. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. I'm excited. We're, all, we're an onion. <laughs> so yes. deeper levels of that onion. And no matter kind of how you keep peeling it back, there's going to be another layer, another layer, even though it might be smaller yeah. and more of the root of it, it, it. There's still stuff there. And in my opinion, we don't get it to the end of that stuff until we become enlightened and kind of go somewhere else. So yeah, just suck it up, princess. There's going to be more shit coming down the line. I totally agree because it's like after the last assault when I was 28 and I reached out because like you, it was like shit's got to change, right? I almost committed suicide. Like people, you guys know my story. Shit's got to change. And a lot of the people that I was reaching out to, they were, they were very good and they were very helpful. And I was beginning on this healing journey, but it was kind of that, you know, it's in your past. It's you're past it. It's over it. You're over it. It's done. And I don't mean the experiences. I mean, even the pain and the healing of it and with it. And it's like, wait a minute, it isn't just shove it back on the shelf because it's going to come up again. I can think I've moved through, quote unquote, through this all I want. Here's the difference, people. You got to learn to be with it and walk with it because it is and always will be a part of you. It's like the jury. You can't unsee, unknow, unhear something. The remnants are still there. And so periodically, I've been surprised throughout my life where I know this inherently, that there are these deeper layers that may or may not come up someday. But I think sometimes I get a little shocked, even though I do this all day, every day for myself, with myself and with others, that some part of an issue will come up. And I'm like, fucking A, are you kidding me? I thought I dealt with all this. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, just another little piece that was hiding out in the corner. Come on, come on. Let's, let's kind of shine the light here. And let's, like, you know, stop being a shadow. Let's walk together now. And I think that when people can see that for themselves, wow, that's empowering, right? Because now I don't feel like I'm a victim to my circumstances and experiences. Now I'm empowered to say I have the ability to make the choice and I'm sucking at making the choice right now, but at least it's my choice to be sucky at it until I'm ready to not be sucky at it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, and I love that because I have been so resistant to marketing because I never had to market. I built two successful private practices without spending a single dime, no exaggeration. Nice. And now, I know, right? Crazy. And now you're asking me to like do all this stuff and have to figure all this stuff out. And, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, oh, why can't I just do it the other way? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> see, I would never ask you to do it on your own. I go, oh, give me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, tell me a little bit about what you do. Awesome. I'm going to go write all your content for you. You're going to write some programs. You'll be fine. <laughs> see, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I love you, right? <laughs> hey, there's always a method to my madness, people. You think I bring guests on simply for you? Fuck that. It's always for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there is some selfishness to that. And I'm vulnerable enough and transparent enough to say so. 
Okay. So like I could talk to Michelle all day and we could just have fun and like, just talk. All right. So you- I'm good with that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it'd be a kick. They would just keep listening. I know they would. Uh, because you know what? We're real and we're down to earth and we're willing to be vulnerable and kind of just share who we are and not with any pretenses, right? So as COVID hit then for you, and as the last four or five months, five, six months now have, have kind of been going on, because we're currently recording this in August. So I'm not sure when you're going to hear this, but we're talking about in August right now. So have you found that as you have been in this personal development program for yourself, that those layers have been peeling away much faster than, let's say, they did so many years ago when you kind of first started diving into yourself and being willing to stand in that power for yourself? That's a great question. Um, I don't know if it's happening faster. I, I know that my willingness to to get rid of the shit and to be vulnerable in public is probably as strong as it was when I first left my ex. It was like, get this shit out. <laughs> okay, yeah. If this happened yeah. last for a year, I am not living my life this way for the next year. And, and it was like, I'm, I'm so... There was a time when I was pretty egocentric in the, well, I'm a teacher of this. I'm a facilitator of this. I should know this stuff. I've done it. I've been there. And so I'm not going to have any issues anymore. <laughs> Oh my God, right? Oh, That's so cute. I know. Because, you angry we all little think, person, you. I know. Yeah. That patronizing, condescending kind of pat on the shoulder. Oh, you're just so cute now. Don't get over that, honey. Yeah. Yeah, I got over it and I was like, okay, I got shit going on. <laughs> But see, that's why I asked Michelle, because so many people think that we, you know, like, oh, well, now you practice this or you have this awareness or you've done this or whatever that you quote unquote should right? Let's keep shitting on ourselves, man. Just shit, shit, shit. I should have, would have, could have that I should know this, right? Mm -hmm. And be able to like, but that's not how humanness works. That's not how our experience works. No, I hate to break today, but if you're human, yeah, Maslow's hierarchy still applies to you. So we, we still have to get our basic needs met. And if they're not being met, then there's shit's going down. What's going on? And I used to train that I would turn Maslow's hierarchy upside down and say, okay, instead of looking at it like you have a lot of basic needs and only a little bit of self-actualization needs, flip it upside down and go, okay, what if you spent the most amount of your time in self-actualization and then you get all your needs met? But that doesn't negate the fact that you still have to be, you know, have a roof over your head or something um, to be able to be part of a group, to be loved, to be all of these things. And if those needs aren't being met, then... There's an aspect of us that we need to go back to and self-actualize. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to think that we're all that in a bag of shit. It means we have to go back to, okay, so where is the hurt? Where is the pain? Yeah. Why am I not loving this aspect of me? So when mm-hmm. I learn to love the aspect of me that hates being alone, all of a sudden I'm like, I am totally cool being alone. I yes. love being with myself. If everybody left the planet right now, I'd be like, yes, I have the next 25 years to just get to know me. This is awesome. <laughs> it's like, exactly. You know, like I miss the connections right now and with COVID, you know, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a touch or two. And so, you know, the hugs and the just hanging with somebody on the porch and not worrying about the social distance and the blah, blah, blah. But you know, the same thing is it's like, I love being with myself. I'm my own best fucking friend. And that doesn't mean I'm selfish and I'm arrogant and I'm narcissistic. It means I like my own company and I like the reflective time 
whatever that might mean for me to be alone. I'm not afraid of it because I took away the meaning of what it meant. Oh, alone means I'm not lovable or I'm not, somebody doesn't like me. No, it means I'm alone and I have a choice to either enjoy it or sit in a victim pity party about it and go, oh, why am I alone? What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. And, and that's, I think, why there was such synergy when you and I first met because like, I feel like I'm looking at my business mirror right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm looking at me, but you're just like fucking brilliant in all this other realm that I don't feel yes, as you are. brilliant in. And I yes, feel you are. like- You can't I, recognize it in me if you don't have it in you. I know that. I just, and okay. All right. See, see, here, see people, you've got to realize that no matter how often we practice things, we are still going to have the pieces of these programs that come up just like in the way I phrased it with Michelle just now. She is a hundred percent correct. So the actual phrasing and how I really feel is I am brilliant with the marketing and the business pieces. I have just not caught up to my practice in the recognition of that at this point. But I am brilliant. Because yeah, you really do have everything that you need to be able to do it. Because again, it is, it is, there's more psychology in marketing than there is in psychology, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I 100% think you're right. Oh my God. All right. So as we kind of come to the, you know, the, getting close to the end here, wah, sad face. Um, if you were, I love talking to you. By the way, it's been I, awesome. I know, me too. I just people just be open. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out at you right now. Just you know, as you're listening, take what Michelle and I are saying and take it in from a place of openness that says you're as brilliant as Michelle is, as I am. We're all this brilliant shining diamond. And the truth of the, of the brightness of that light and that shine has simply been mucked up by the experiences of our past. And you can chip away at all those pieces and you will begin to see. But the truth is, the knowingness of that is always there, whether you think you can see it or not. And, that, and, and Michelle called me out on the carpet on that one and pointed out the fact that I was coming from the place of muck when I said that I'm not good with the business stuff. And she's like, oh, yes, you are. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, chip, chip, chip. Yeah, you're right. And, and that it's just these subtle things that we can keep saying to ourselves and practicing because this is why we're all here, people. So anyway, and this is what spiritually expressed human is all about, right? Again, it's not even the spiritual, whatever that means to you. Be the badass, shining diamond, brilliant soul that you are, mind, body, spirit, whatever, and go shine because people need you. All right. So yes, I could talk to you for many hours. As you've been, even through COVID now, and just like what happened here with me, and it happens with you, what is kind of in your future? What do you see kind of coming up for you? What, what's your kind of hope or path? Any more pivots or shifts as of a gut feeling right now or some kind of knowingness right now that's kind of on your mind? Oh, awesome. Yes, absolutely. So um, one of the biggest pivots that I've had, so one of the biggest breakthrough I had during COVID was really getting down to the idea, one of, I don't know if you want to call it core belief, but it was a monumental belief in, in that 
when I was born, I broke my mother's tailbone. Well, the birth broke my mother's tailbone, but it was always, when I gave birth to you, I broke my tailbone and I can't sit for the next 50 years. And to me, it was on a really primal level, if you want to put it that way, was I can't be me or somebody else is going to get hurt. And not in a little way, but in a monumental way. Like yeah. they are going to be devastated. They're going to be broken. So, and that was just kind of one story. And there was a whole bunch of other ones kind of culminated onto it that just kept proving from the point of conception to the, the point of birth that me existing was causing other people pain. Wow. So I had to dumb down, tone down, quiet down, do all sorts of crazy and silly things. And slowly but surely, as I was going through the personal development thing, obviously I got louder and clearer and <laughs> stood up on stages and things, but still kind of playing small. So when kind of certain situations all played out at once and that idea blew up and it was like, oh, dude, I was meant to be in this world and you're not going to stop me. <laughs> so if yeah, you've got right? problems with that, like get over your issues now because I'm going to cause a few more around the corner and it's going to be a lot of fun if you're with me and it's going to suck if you're not. So then I came up with the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast. And that was kind of a culminating period of, oh my God, this is awesome. This is me. This is so much fun. If you don't like it, don't listen. I'm totally right. okay with that. I went, who's the most fun person I could possibly get on the show? Somebody that understands where I'm coming from. And I went, oh, shock jock. I want Howard Stern on the show. So one morning I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, can't sleep for the life of me and going, okay, I'm just going to go and publish the show because I got nothing better to do right now. And went and looked up Howard Stern's show. He was interviewing Jim Carrey and I like Jim Carrey's approaching that interview. And I'm like, I want Jim Carrey. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. So Jim Carrey wrote a book called um, Memoirs and Misconceptions. And I went, oh my God, I totally want him on the show. We're going to promote the book. And then somebody went, hey, if you talk to all of your JV partners and get them to promote too, I bet you he'd be more likely to say yes. I'm like, awesome. We're doing this. And then I started finding a ton of people that actually wanted to be on the show and they're a lot of fun. And I started putting together a list of who I wanted thought would be fun to be on the show. And then I was going through this list and there's names like Magic Johnson and I'm like nice. all these fun super people that yeah. would totally have fun with it and get that it's like that they can associate their name with it and it's not like the whole I don't know bright side of the Republican Party is going to come and attack them or something. <laughs> it's like right. just show people and it's little tongue-in-cheek couple in your windows we can all handle them so yeah I've I've just been having so much freaking fun with it my my level up has been not like I never would have ever considered getting a hold of the likes of Jim Carrey or Magic Johnson in my life it's like I didn't even consider getting a hold really? of my own family members to do interviews let alone other people so wow. Yeah, it's been monumental and I'm super stoked about it. I want to get um, kind of the clients coming in through there and then working with us with awareness strategies because then I know that they're my kind of people and my favorite right. clients. Yeah. So anybody that kind of signs up after the show, awesome. That's your filtering process. And then I would like to get Success Therapy back on track and start franchising it out and making it a, a global affair. And yeah, the world's my oyster and it's been awesome. I love that. That is so, I'm glad you brought up the, the little blue pill because I didn't in the beginning, right? You know, because you're a, you have two podcasts and like me, right? And, and I wanted to like, right before you started talking about that, I was like, oh, you got to make sure that you bring up the little blue pill because I, 
Michelle had me on as a guest. I felt like it was a phenomenal conversation. We had a ton of fun. And what I love about it is, look, I'm an innuendo kind of person because life is too short. Well, as Chris Rock would say, life is too long and, you know, you got to take it seriously. But the truth is life is short and we can laugh at ourselves if we can laugh at ourselves and the world around us and the experiences that we have and be vulnerable and open to that within ourselves, man, it is much simpler and much easier and it's a a, a much better life. If we're going to take it so seriously, not so much. And the little blue pill takes business to another level because it is about getting a hard on for your business. It is about taking that, you know, that little blue pill and taking your business and your life to the next level. And again, it's not always just business. It may be framed that way, but all these lessons, learnings, teachings, conversations, whatever you want to call it, are applicable. So man, I could totally see you getting Jim. And I got to tell you, and I'm going to say this publicly right now, motherfucker, if you get Jim on your show, you better build a good relationship because I want to have him on at some point, right? Because (laughs) I've always loved Jim's willingness to just be Jim. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. and Howard Stern. Oh, what? Like, oh my God! See, I'm shaking with excitement here for you because nice. this is going to be amazing. That's All right. Awesome. So, if people like, again, we could go on and on. I got presents for you, people. Yes. Go to businessownershipmindset.com. Spell it right. <laughs> I had a typo on mine. That's why it didn't work earlier. Businessownershipmindset.com, and I will give you a free book called Business Ownership Mindset. And it's all about the evolution of your mindset from consumer as an infant all the way up to, in my ideal world, entrepreneur and how self-expression can culminate through your business and your business is like a mirror of what's going on inside your head. So if there's anything falling apart in your business, start on the inside, figure out what's going on there. And you'll start to realize that I got this last analogy for you. I love this one. So if you ever watch Star Trek, you'll know that they have the holograph room, right? Yeah. The holodeck. Yeah, the holodeck. So my opinion of that is, is that there is a light that flows to and through you, kind of like white light goes into a prism. And as the white light hits the prism, it gets diffused and it becomes the colors of the rainbow. Well, I think that there is a energy that flows to and through you. And as it gets diffused, it becomes the room around you, just like everything <sighs> that was going on in the holodeck. And so as you, instead of getting mad at the thing that's outside of you, go inwards and figure out why that thing is there in the first place and what it benefits you or it serves and supports you in some way. It has to, otherwise it wouldn't be there. Yeah. So figure out how it's serving or supporting you and then go, thank you. I love you, tree. That was fantastic, but you don't need to be here anymore. I got this. And then poof, it goes away. And then you realize that there's a pond underneath it and that if a tree wasn't there, you'd fall into the pond now that you can handle the pond and see the pond you go oh okay we'll go swimming through it it's all good exactly it's all up to you it's all there you go go read the book it's awesome (laughs) and see this is why i love you as well michelle because like you know you started to talk so i was like okay i don't want to interrupt you i want to be this you know gracious host but i'm like okay she's got some good shit for you people and then he went out like so you can tell podcast hosts right like we know that we know the score man like we know what's coming and what needs to happen Look, you're amazing. If if people wanted to reach out to awareness strategies directly, mm-hmm. thank you so much for that generous offer of your book. And people take take advantage of it because I'm I'm telling you, no, I haven't read it yet. 
but just in conversations with Michelle, I'm sure it's just a kick-ass book. And again, it's applicable to other areas of your life. So check that out. But if they wanted to reach out to you directly and learn more about you and even maybe work with you, which you absolutely ought to do if you're in business or an entrepreneur, please, because Michelle is da bomb and brilliant and will take you to that next level. How would they get in touch with you? Michelle at awarenessstrategies.com. So E-L-L-E in the Michelle at awarenessstrategies.com. You will get a kickback email saying, are you a human being? If so, enter ABC123. You enter ABC123. It says, do you want to sign up? You say no. It's <laughs> all good. Uh, but in that way I will get your emails and yeah, just make it a normal subject line. So I actually pay attention like, Hey, I heard you on Susan's show. I want to get in touch with you. And I'll call absolutely. Good. Perfect. Well, look, thank you so much for being here. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show and you will absolutely come back at some point. You know, we'll continue to stay in touch. And I just, I'm just, really an on admiration of you, not because you're on this pedestal in my mind, but because you're just a human who's spiritually expressing as the badass that's your birthright that you are, and you don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks, and you're just doing it. And I love that. So thank you. Thank you. It's been awesome. Well, everybody, as usual, you know that everything we talk about on this show is always going to be you know, applicable to every area of your life. And it's up to you to see the gems that aren't hidden, but you might think they are. So for now, stay safe, be well, shine bright, live free. I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to The Spiritually Expressed Human, where conformity is not an option. Getting out of the box is critical and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace. If you're ready to start that process, go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started. You can also get the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.